I love my little girls more than anything, and I said to myself, oh, no, don't, you can't, don't say that. But I had underestimated him. He went on, I would rather see my little girls die now, still believing in God, than have them grow up under communism and one day die Um, welcome to The Left is Dead. I am Jim Carrey, as always. Um, before I go ahead and just jump into this episode, I want to, uh, give some background. Tyler and I kind of lost the thread here. This is a long book, as we mentioned in the recording. Um, it's 700 pages, and we literally set the first 150 for the first episode. So... Uh, Tyler lost his connection somewhere in this episode where we lost the thread of what's going on. So, let me give you some background to, um, the book Q and the the time it takes place before I go ahead and start the episode. So, um, it's important to remember that, uh, alright, well, we'll start off with Luther, I suppose. Uh, Luther obviously posted his fucking theses to the church wall in Germany. Um, this was not the first time this happened. Uh, if anybody's not familiar, obviously, um, Luther had some issues with things like indulgences, um, just general church power and the way that church taxation worked, right? So there were other people who made the same points as Luther in, like, Czechoslovakia and, um, I believe France, honestly. But either way, it was Luther who really made the first breakthrough with the uh, Catholic Church as far as, like, revising doctrine. And Luther also came at a time where uh, the printing press was becoming widely available, so it's important to remember that, um... One of Luther's major contributions was the printing of the Bible uh, in a language that was familiar to German peasants, I suppose. It would be in a vernacular language. It, w- it would be as if um, someone transferred the Latin Bible into English right now, and if you had never seen it before. That was essentially the same thing. Um, the Catholic Church prior to Luther had done everything in Latin, and it was a select few and a select educated few who had the ability to read Latin. So you have to understand that Luther came in a time that happened to be convenient. He published the language in German, or he published the Bible in German in an area where the Catholic Church never held strong influence. The Roman Empire never reached like northern Germany or anything like that. Or the lowlands, as they're called in the book, of, like, Amsterdam and the Netherlands and what would become, like, Belgium and things like that. Um, It's important to also remember that Luther had protection. Luther was—the Lutherans were, like, primarily—this was a religion of primarily, like, the merchant class who felt they had been taxed too much by the Vatican— so, um, you saw a lot of, like, merchants and, like, uh, I guess, like, what you would call petty bourgeois types, uh, side with Luther at the time. And it's also important to remember there was, uh, as far as the working class goes, there was a peasant shortage. And this is the reason why more peasants weren't slaughtered during the Peasants' War in Germany. Um, after the bubonic plague and several other plagues that had swept Europe, 
it was hard to just wipe out all your peasants, so it has to be understood why peasants weren't just genocided at this point, and that's because um, the Holy Roman Empire and the Lutheran kingdoms and the Catholic kingdoms in the West all had this peasant shortage after the plague. Um, at the same time, uh, Luther's big contribution to Christianity was that the individual can interpret scripture, right? Um, it, that, that is the most important thing, is that the individual can interpret scripture, the individual can read scripture for themselves, the individual can determine what the Bible says. That was the point of publishing it in German. So, um... At, at the time, that seemed right, okay, but you have to understand that following this, uh, there was the Reformation under Luther, and then there was the Radical Reformation, which was like the Anabaptists and people like that. People who had taken Luther's doctrine of, oh, you can interpret the Bible to yourself to its rational conclusion, um, to the point where they were doing things like adult baptisms, and in Q you'll hear about baptisms a lot, and it's important to remember that the Catholic Church, and even a lot of Lutheran like establishment churches by this time, had been baptizing babies, which is something the Anabaptists opposed. The Anabaptists and the radical reformists um, felt that you know, it was unethical to baptize a baby because a baby had no clue the church they were being baptized into. Um, at the same time, I think that it, it's important to remember that Luther rejected all this. Luther was not a fan of all this. And the the Anabaptists also had a, a sort of proto-communist belief on property and class, where they believed there should be no such thing as private property, there should be no class distinctions, there should be no nobility or anything like that. The people should get the full, like, I mean, you should reap the full rewards of your labor, which is a very proto-socialist type thing, where you you uh, you know they the Anabaptists, the radical um, the radical Reconstructionists, were really anti-property, pro-redistribution, and it's important to remember that in like the context of the Catholic Church in feudal Europe and why they would be so opposed to that. Um, I, I, Eventually, these the Lutherans had won some concessions where you saw like Anabaptists and Lutherans being elected town councils and things like that. These were consent uh, concessions granted by like Catholic lords to try and buy off Protestant populations. Um, like I said, this was a rather radical interpretation of the Bible, and as much as Luther was sheltered by the church, and he was used to try and pit Lutherans against the radical Anabaptists. Uh, there was a 1529 order to kill all Anabaptists by the emperor of the Holy Roman Empire. So, both the Lutherans and the and uh, the Catholics agreed that the Anabaptists were a danger. It's important to remember that going in because this is a story about the revolutionary Anabaptists at the end of the day. So, Remember that going in, this is a story about a revolutionary church that fully rejected, like, the doctrine of a central authority. Um, there's not much more to it than that right now. Like, uh, I, I believe Tyler and I explained that, honestly, in 150 pages, there isn't too much you can get into. So, for right now, just enjoy this first episode, and trust me, we will be back with a lot more information on the Munster Rebellion, which is where... I have quite a bit of expertise, 
and I am happy to fill our audience in on that. So, for now, just enjoy this quick bullshit conversation between me and Tyler, Tyler and I, whatever. Enjoy it. Enjoy yourselves, and we will be back in a couple of weeks. Watch our Facebook page for the event, but we will be back in a couple of weeks with the second book club reading. So, enjoy the episode. So, welcome to the Left is Dead book club, episode one, I guess. Uh, I am your host, James Carey, back with my friend Tyler here. Tyler, how's it going? It's going good. Um, I'm getting uh, kicked out of my house, but it's only a month early, so. Why? Uh, For reading this book? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's too dangerous for deer. I got a new (laughs) job. Um you know, controlling critical infrastructure and the points. So enough about me. Let's talk about this book. Okay. Yeah. Let's go into this book. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for telling the book. Um, I don't know. What are your yeah, like I have I have proof that I can read. <laughs> oh, I should yeah, I gotta turn my camera around. You look smarter than me. I have yeah, I have a very smart looking bookshelf and more um Cobra Commander and Skeletor, and right. um, my, my <laughs> friend and co-host here has zero books, not even the one we're reading. It's fine. My wall is fine. Look, anyways, let's get into the book. Um, sure. We'll start with, I guess, what? This section, the first part yeah. one. Well, I want to start place. with a little bit of a brief you know, this book was yeah. written by Europeans, so they assume you know a thing or two about history. Yeah. Um, it's a big ask. So, um, yeah, as Jim and was a about weird to part of history, too. This is very oh, yeah, specific. Very yeah, it's like, imagine um, Haight Ashbury if everyone was a, a, a German monk. Like, all the cool kids were German monks. That's what you do. You know, yeah. you, you move there, you move to Wittenberg to be a German dissident monk. That's a cool thing um so yeah so a bit about okay so we have this guy melanchon who was like luther's editor and uh so far at the point where i'm in the book he's bigger than luther luther is still in hiding so this guy a bit about this guy is that uh he was like a child prodigy he was like doogie hauser he graduated with a master's in theology at 15 they're like hold on you got to wait around until you're like 18 to actually teach classes. So he knew like seven languages or whatever. And like Hebrew was like a touchy subject. Uh, His dad got kind of canceled or, you know, kind of, you know, 
because he was too into Hebrew, which right. was too touchy for the the Catholics. Now you got to do Aramaic. Martin Luther. So this this was like a rich kid child prodigy, whereas Martin Luther kind of came from petite bourgeois parents who was like, oh, what do you do? You send your kid to law school. And then he had this like road to Damascus moment where he was in a thunderstorm and, you know, was afraid he was going to get pneumonia and he prayed actually to a saint. Oh, if I don't get pneumonia, I'll, I'll go and be a monk. So, right. I mean, that's where he is kind of coming from is this kind of, he pissed off his parents really bad by trying to be a monk, you know, which was yeah. not a lucrative thing. But as we can find out, he made it very lucrative. Well, uh, so section one uh, ends right. on like the rise of Anabaptism, you know? Yeah. This is, I don't know. The, the last thing mentioned in section one is the rise of Anabaptism and that um, we won't go into section two too much because obviously, you know, I'm farther than where we stop for this but yeah section one goes into like the anabaptists and starts going into like leads up to like the events at munster but section one is mostly like the peasant wars of germany yeah during, which is super dope and, i love i love how it started with just this gory ass you know yeah spears through, <laughs> i feared three guys at once <laughs> yeah i like the the aspect of it um i mean like hugh doesn't make too many appearances in this section but when it does like and it does in another weird way too like q makes it you realize like towards the end of the section q is also making as an appearance as like this lutheran like infiltrator who's writing letters to people to fuck you know he ends yeah, up sending uh, the lutherans uh, in the battle to yeah. lose at the end of section one yeah he's a uh he's totally cointel pro guy you know he's yeah. just like a you know, thing. And then um, I love I love the cue parts with his ass kissing letters. Oh, yeah. They are <laughs> so bad. Yeah. They, yeah. Um, yeah. In the, your infinite the, wisdom. There's also a few letters where he's writing as his alter ego, which is still, it's not ass kissing, but it's still like flattering the guy. God's on your side. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was exactly, yeah, he, like he said in his, like the letters at the end of part one, he says like, well, I knew exactly what to write to like stoke the flames in like Battenberg, you know, he's like, well, I yeah. knew exactly what to say to like get them to marshal an army thinking that reinforcements were coming. Oh yeah. And in terms Which, of what the establishment did historically, I mean, they did diffuse this thing fairly all right, you know, could have, could have been a mass peasant uprising, right? <laughs> But yeah, I mean, we do go into like, you know, the next section, kind of, the next part of the book goes into what ends it, which is, you know, we're leading up to Munster. But yeah, this is like prior to that. And you see like, what's interesting about the Q aspect is like this idea of offsetting the power of the Holy Roman Empire in the East from the Vatican, you know, like that's the whole conspiracy behind the Q letters is what's the crazy part is like well we're gonna use the lutherans to like weaken the holy roman empire to put like lutherans on one side and turks on the other like i enjoy this like alternate history like conspiracy aspect of like well the emperors gained too much power in the east you know what i mean yeah. i mean that part's not alternate history necessarily but yeah that well, yeah. was a nefarious guy that's the alternate history is it's kind of um the, con the conspiracy this way is but yeah 
of one person, right? Right. And no, I'm it sure was definitely like, there's I'm obviously talking, power struggles, there's theological struggles now, you know, but still it wasn't this like Q person. I like the idea of like this conspiracy between like one member of the church to almost line up the princes of Germany against yeah. the Holy Roman Empire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's the historical fiction where you're writing, like, you know, from Napoleon's point of view, fucking blows. You know, just right. read his diary or whatever. You know, you got to invent a new character to do historical fiction well, you know? Yeah, and, it's uh, very interesting. Like, the, the pitch, you know, the main character has no name, obviously, which is, but it's very interesting to follow the story. Like you said, it starts out with this sort of, yeah. like, the end result of the whole set, of the whole first part. Is what yeah, you, you have. Gotta, like, if anyone is actually reading along, you got to pay attention to these dates. Yeah, yeah, because it jumps around, and yeah, I, I, I had to start looking when I noticed, like, oh, this is after whatever's happened. Yeah, you know, when I started reading chapters where, like, he, he the main yeah. character is like moved on, and I'm like, oh, what's going? On? I had to, you have to start looking at the dates at the beginning of each chapter for sure. But yeah, it's interesting that it starts out with like, yeah. what this one of these prophets, you know, that popped up basically everywhere uh, in yeah, Germany. But this, this, the, the guy, the guy was the most uh, left-leaning yeah. of them. You know, and obviously uh, he's, he is killed the first, you know. He doesn't get well, the Bible like Luther. The Anabaptists are and very left-leaning too. Luther was an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's another interesting aspect that's too. I like how quickly... Yeah. Uh, I like how quickly Luther becomes a villain, you know, like oh, yeah. that happened very quickly where it's like, no, Luther's uh, and a Q basically, uh, you know, the aspect of Q again comes in where it's like, well, I know like some of the German princes are keeping Luther around to yeah. try and keep the the Lutherans and the Baptists, you know, these new Baptists popping up down. And like, it's interesting yeah. how quickly Luther becomes an enemy to yeah. all of the actual Protestants in this. Yeah, um, well, yeah, that's where I think kind of Luther's background kind of um, comes in because, okay, uh, he he didn't intend the Reformation, right? I mean, he, right. yeah, but well, he was he was looking to reform the Catholic Church, he was not looking to splinter it, but when it did splinter, then he's immediately an opportunist, right. You know, and he, he's very good at, at all that stuff. And um, I mean, the cool thing, I think, is uh, it's showing that his, his you know, uh, his clique was just as important to this thing as he was. You know, because I had that debate with this Millikan guy. I mean, it's so dumb how they pick these fucking pseudonyms, right? You know, I'm fucking right. some, some guy from you know some like philosopher you never heard of no these are all fucking <laughs> you know german fucking drunk college bros and that's the cool part about <laughs> this book too i think is it's showing how all these kind of cool kids you know they're going to wittenberg to be a cool kid and then getting in over their head with all this like that was yeah. the scene the intellectual kind of it was like the harlem renaissance kind of idea yeah, some of my favorite parts are like the how 
quickly like they're uh they're smashed when they just kind of show up in like a city or a village with like no plan they'll show up in like a a peasant village and it's like well uh, it turns out you can't just show up give them a few flyers and take over because like they're obligated with their life to defend the like the crops you know like you can't just show up and be like no we're gonna burn the castle down because they have an obligation like under penalty of death to defend that or when they go to like um one of the cities and they're just immediately put down like because the peasants come in and immediately like back the catholics you know like it's funny and you can tell it's written by like these sort of like left-leaning guys because they start to talk about like the ideas of organizing like sort of building a movement and they start they talk about the the importance of like unifying the cities and the countryside and things like that so you can definitely like see the left left bend in the book and obviously it's against like central authority of all types really you know but at the same time you keep seeing these movements get crushed like you said by these bros who kind of take over and like i you know like i said there's profits popping up all over the, the place at the time you know and these guys kind of took over a lot of places and you know i think we learn in part two about like jan van leiden and shit like that and those are the real you know that's where it gets real wild so yeah i don't know what it, what's your impression so far i mean it's it's interesting i i I was reading a bunch of other shit, um, and I put them all down for this. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, me too. I did, I did the same thing because it's just it's a very I don't know. It's an interesting book. Um, I don't what how to explain it. It you have to know something about the Reformation, basically. You know, yeah, that's, yeah. It, it's a very strange context. And I have I do have it with me, so suck on that oh did you get you got you get, did we get the same one no you have the one with the devil on the front oh yeah i have this one okay <laughs> huh. yeah and i here let me see yeah i and i like that um so yeah in through the story in in, the, in part one i want to say that one of the lines okay. that carries out are like you don't see uh you got pictures yeah i don't have pictures damn what the fuck yeah i i like that um as you go through part one the letters that were in the satchel from like the sort of prologue start coming out oh you have all the vulgar stuff i know yeah this is going this is being recorded for audio so don't show yeah you were talking about this though where they still have the cages for the heads Oh yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah. They put their bodies in there. They're still up there. You can go see the cages in Munster where the rebellion yeah. was put down. Yeah, and you can see yeah. the uh, the Juden sow that they won't remove for historical <laughs> because Martin Luther liked it. He thought it was yeah. funny. I'm not gonna. <laughs> we're not gonna say on on, on video what the what a Juden sow is, but you can Google it. Yeah, well, that's the only way it's okay. So, yeah. But yeah, um, no, it's interesting. Like, as they reveal, like, the letters, you know, there's multiple letters in, like, the satchel that the main character ends up taking possession yeah. of from, like, Q. But that's like, a, I mean, for history, 
that's what history is. It's just let, like, you know, letters and memoir, you know? That's a, yeah. You know, so that's kind of cool, you know? That's showing that these people, you know, if they can write a letter, you know, even a, a fictional one, it shows that they had done some research. And it does show, like, yeah, it does show the, you know, the idea of manipulation, like, of playing both two sides against each other. It does show, yeah. like, especially at a time like this where, uh, you know, your communication would have been, like, spotty. And now, like, it's even, it's kind of similar now because your communication is so, like, channeled through certain things. Like, it, whether it's one social media site or the other, you know, it is, like, similar where it's like, yeah, you could put, like, alternate messages I mean, shit, this is what, like, cable news is, in a way, you know, it's the same, okay, like, financiers. So that, uh, it's just okay, interesting that, like, they are saying something like, uh, there was less of a mass press and more, like, numerous niche small presses that you could have different messages for each of the small presses easily, which, I mean, we see that with Martin Luther, where he has, like, some populist messaging but he also has some messaging for the princes like oh wait no i didn't mean that yeah and that's kind of just stuff like okay the biden commercial versus the biden donor speech sure yeah i mean yeah no it's just something. interesting that it's i don't know it it still works obviously and i, I don't know how like I don't know where it's going yet obviously we're in, like 150 pages into what 700 or something yeah. like that so it'll be interesting to see where it goes from here. I don't know. There isn't really, I know this is supposed to be like 45 minutes, but we'll probably make it like a half hour. Cause like, sure. I, I can't, I can't really say too much on what's happened so far. Again, like yeah. we'll just kind of run through, I don't know, run through the story if you want. I mean, like I said, we start out beginning of the peasants war in, yeah. in Germany so this is after, you know, a little bit after Luther's put up his theses when all the peasants have kind of, yeah. and obviously this is, you know, the same time as the printing press has been invented and people are starting to distribute yeah. theses at first and then individual propaganda from like smaller preachers or prophets or whatever they end up calling themselves. And, and like tying into the printing press, um, you know, we're starting to get overseas colonialism and the massive wealth, you know, associated with that we're starting to get stock companies we're starting to get the breakdown of the medieval i mean like the medieval system broke down with the black plague so now this is you know a couple of generations after the population rebounded and it's just been like non-stop economic growth you know for yeah. um, for all of europe um you know things like that so in germany is like in the middle of all this you know this just the, the city's developing is a new economy. thing the way the cities are yeah. developing is a new yeah, thing yeah yeah the, yeah the cities i mean yeah the cities are are increasing in population for sure for fucking sure right they're, they're becoming home to like much more like artisan populations and like small yeah. bit like merchants, and, and 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 merchants you know yeah trade increases you know. and a lot of yeah so yeah the cities become like these like real bustling hubs as compared to and i mean it's not that they weren't it's not like paris wasn't you know and like but it, at the same time it's obviously much more than it was like yeah. then like during the early feudal system where things were just kind of divided up by yeah 
property owners. So yeah, yeah, the cities start to grow. There's like this growing like artisan, merchant, and like trader population. There's like petty bourgeois almost. Yeah, and of course the universities are growing to educate, you know, people for these jobs. Right, as the systems are becoming more complex, somebody needs to administer this stuff. So I mean, the weirdest thing I guess for us to get is that. um, Okay, so we have this. you know that the the colleges which existed to educate the the lawyers and clerks had the veneer of theology right that's like the if you ask anyone that's an important part of the college that's you know like economically that's not their function how many theologians do you need you know but uh so that's the weirdest that that's where you you know that's something where it's kind of hard to get into the mindset of the past because we know as marxists that the economy is the driver here but it, people aren't, you know, at least not yet motivated by the economy as much as they are still motivated by the feudal social structures, including the church, which haven't quite yet broken down yet. But And the church is also like the only way for certain, you know, classes of people to advance. I mean, this continues all the way up into like, I, I mean, look at um you know like a mid-level artisan would send their child to like a seminary because that would be like well, okay. the best I mean, education case, he was he was a law student and he it's like almost like when he dropped out of law school to go to the seminary you know go be a monk it's almost like going to art school like his dad right. was like you know you're you know it's just because luther was really really good at it that he was able to live this life of luxury and die of fucking being a fat ass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it I is a stupid guy. thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you basically, it was, it was, you know, it was a job you got. The only requirement was you could read, basically. Well, yeah, it was like, uh, it was a prestige thing. Like if you, if you cared more you know if you were upper class or whatever like you know it was more prestigious than being a lawyer right you yeah, know i think so or or uh i mean imagine even being a doctor like everyone knows you're just a fucking full of bullshit doc <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're going to med school in Wittenberg. what a loser well yeah i mean it's funny too because like what law would he have been practicing he would have caused shit in law too you know because he would have done something stupid that pissed off the catholic church because he would have been practicing the same laws that he like put up the theses about so he would have been enforcing the same shit you know he would have been enforcing the will of the church either way yeah so i don't you know uh, yeah okay i would i would get yeah i'll give you that luther would have been a shit flinger in law yeah yeah either way he would have been i mean this is like germany had 900 different sovereign nations yeah that's 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 another yeah that's another huge thing like before people need to understand like before germany was unified just how many and like you you hear it come up in here like all the language the different like language variations that are talked about in the book and stuff like that it's all just because like yeah this is it's completely divided germany like 
there's not even like a concept of like a united like a unified like bavaria yet really you know what i mean like it isn't even like splintered off into like the smaller kingdoms that we know like before it unified sure and this is kind of um where your earlier point about the press versus the press is you know and it's also uh one of the reasons why latin was still viable just cut through all that bullshit yeah well i mean i don't know that I guess Luther got lucky with his timing, though. There was a print. Oh, yeah, he got super lucky because, uh, I mean, he's not the first guy to come up with these ideas. Right. He just happened to come up with them during the printing press and during a point where the economy was developing in completely new and different ways and needed a different new social order. And he happened to do it in a country that's always causing trouble for Europe. Oh, yeah so all of yeah everything mixed together in the perfect destructive fucking potion yeah. dude it's disgusting so, um, and nobody should celebrate it but they're the heroes of this uh, book oh yeah yeah i mean that is a thing i'm not i'm not already going into as a fanboy of any of these people like if this was like something in the, the french revolution and then they showed rogue Pierre in a bad light you know i'd like fucking throw this into the trash right you know right, i have yeah. no person in this game so that's kind of cool and refreshing for me you know and yeah I, absolutely yeah even and the catholic the church at this life. time was just like the catholic church I mean, was just well, handing well, down the papacy the reformation as i listened to theology seminary lectures to go to sleep <laughs> i just like, think that like even the catholic church at this point is like especially reprehensible um oh, you yeah. know it, this is the worst this is where the borgias are doing all that shit on the netflix right show. the borgias are just handing down the papacy from one child to another this is just a corrupt stupid fat italian family that's like yeah. taken over the papacy by force and then there's like yeah there's the favored nations like you know some nations have favored like french like the french are yeah. loved by the the pope at the time and then obviously the, the other player is the holy roman empire which yeah and, and they let they let byzantium fall yeah, like that could, well. that could have been they could have easily at least saved constantinople you know you can have you know we'll just leave us alone in this fucking city as a tourist trap but they didn't they didn't lift a finger it was because they kept putting italians as pope when you yeah, keep making I mean, an italian the pope that's gonna what's gonna happen oh yeah it will and uh, the italians were also responsible for the fourth crusade um and rome itself so you know they have a lot actually all all of the crimes of western civilization fall on their um swarthy shoulders i don't know about that but you can't hey in eastern fucking rome what did you guys do? You did something. In this book, they, hey, they kidnapped the king of France. Apologize okay, so for that. Hugo Knots. Yeah. Oh, did we? Is that what that was? Yeah, that's the Hugo Knots. Okay. Uh, I don't know enough. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know enough about when they were. 
I just know everyone hated them and kicked them out of it. Yeah, they were, they were the French Protestants and they just fucking lost so bad that there's no such thing as a French Protestant. You know, they just fucking failed. That's fine. Were there, That's fine. Um, I guess, what's up with Spain and Portugal that they had no Protestants? I mean, I don't even know. I, I suppose that... How long was Spain under like a unified monarchy? We're just going to get into speculating and sounding stupid. Yeah. Now, so. um, okay. Well, I know, I do know that 1492, you know, the Columbus year, uh, that's also where they uh, finished Reconquista. So, but the Reformation is yeah. a generation after this. This is like 1520s. So, right. I don't know. They're still, they're probably still trying. I mean, Spain did have a big, that's what the Inquisition was, was a trying to nation build, you know, and recently conquered territory, make everyone Spanish. So they may have been too busy with that. So that's probably it, that the, the Inquisition was too heavy in Spain for anyone to get away with any of the shit. That's what I'm thinking. There was just a more unified effort by the nobility to actually, like, and that wasn't even just like Protestants that was putting down everyone who wasn't Catholic, basically, you know, anyone who got in the way or oh, said yeah. something wrong. So, yeah, that was a yeah, whole, yeah, that was definitely like, I think you're right. And I think, yeah. Oh. Okay. Um, but it is, yeah, I mean, we could wrap this up. Um, you have any final thoughts on this, where you think the book is going? I want to say, like, I know, I know I've read ahead a little bit, but I know again. That's good because I part, didn't finish the section. Oh, good. Well, You're reading for part both. one. Uh, part one ends with, like I said, it mentions with uh, the Q letter. It ends with the Q letters mentioning the Anabaptists. So look forward to this. Uh, but where it goes from there, it the next part, the next part starts out post. Munster. So basically, the peasant rebellion, the peasant war is over in Germany in part two. But I haven't gotten that far into it. So where it goes from there, I don't know. Um, the main character is kind of dipping out of Germany from what I've gotten. But other than that, I don't know much. But I do know, I think we're going to get, I think we're going to get a retelling of Munster for one thing, which will be interesting. Yeah. Well, Luther's got to show up. I mean, he's got to uh, show up at some. Yeah, he'll be back at some point. And I think we're going to get, at least in part two, I think we're going to get a uh, retelling of Munster from the main character's perspective. Yeah. And where this goes, I'm not sure. I don't know. Obviously, there's still like a, the, again, Q's, you know, Q for being the title character doesn't make that many appearances. Until yeah. you get like at the end of the part one, you get like four letters in a row or something like that. But um, it's it's interesting to see where it's going to go because clearly the the overall objective at the end of part one is weakening the Holy Roman Empire, and I don't know how that's going to play out as Germany basically cements itself as Lutheran you know, because this is the end for like Catholicism and like the German territories for, for the most part. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it plays out like, you know, just in historical spoilers and, and uh, what is it? Yeah. Either I 30 mean, years you, you can look at Wikipedia and know stuff. Yeah. yeah. Which is, uh, 
um either either one is is terrible you know i mean either one that's war for entire generations lifetimes and uh you know germany goes from something like 900 nat- nations to 200 right yeah, yeah exactly uh and um basically the the piece to i think it's westphalia to each prince his own faith so that's like fucking compromise okay. whereas like you got to be whatever your your boss is your lord is i mean that's that's where germany that's the the compromise that the holy roman empire eventually settles on but uh not after being the battleground of europe you know and the religion is just the fucking spark here i mean people go to war right. for economic reasons and uh yeah, even so in the I, book i, I wonder yeah. if this is when you get that far i don't know because yeah, even in the book the though war. even in the book though like it does explain that like yeah there's just like some princes are just using like yeah. lutheran to like, like the lutherans to like manipulate a cause against the church and like try and yeah. weigh their hand because they're tired of the catholic uh, church um, you know i mean number like king chad just to fucking divorce his wife man what a yeah what a what a guy what years i mean and then there yeah there's like it's protestants find a weird like kinship with him even though he just like made himself a new pope which is odd yeah 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 well, I mean, the next generation, then they're like, oh, we got to get rid of all the, the Pope shit from the Anglican Church. Right. Yeah. Like, that didn't happen until well after he was dead. Well, and then, yeah, there's a lot of, like, I don't know. And then they come here, and it goes batshit insane. Eventually, oh, yeah. a book on that. Well, yeah, I mean, they'll find a book on that one. insane in Europe, but they're pretty good about crushing the 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 crazy people i mean that's why yeah they, they have a structure problem. yeah everybody has a structure to themselves here like yeah it's going wild you can do whatever yeah. the hell you want and now Say we can uh, re-export this to africa and latin america and um eventually probably mainly in china <laughs> i wish yeah i wish luther could come and see this oh yeah <laughs> yeah I, I, yeah <laughs> i wish you could come look at this yeah yeah <laughs> all right all right i don't know we'll see where the fuck it's going i wish so, Luther could come just so he could fucking like gorge himself at mcdonald's and... i want to just no take him to like I, joel osteen take him just where check this out take him to like a mega church like joel osteen or something like somewhere with like I a mean, rock band he, he i know fucking, it, you, i showed you the picture he's rocking out in a guitar yeah, that's going to be the episode art. So, all right, I'm going to stop this recording. <laughs> We're out of here. All right. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This is Left is Dead. Follow us on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, fuck, whatever, Spotify, everything, Facebook, whatever. Bye. Go, go to the church door to find our flyer. Yeah. You know, just yeah. the church door every week and see if we find have a flyer. Out. Find out where to get new episodes at your local Catholic church. We're putting up flyers across the nation. We're nailing them up, okay? All right. Goodbye.